Hello, everyone, and welcome to Lockdown Guardians. We are going to talk about a rough weekend. We're going to talk about a offense that disappeared. We are going to get into the numbers. We are going to get into performance. If we have time, we will get into the Royals. I wasn't. I was going to give myself the holiday off, and then Cleveland tied it up. Let's get into it. This is a streaming episode, so it is a little bit different. We will have a kind of different cadence to it, which is what happens. Right now, it is currently on my screen. Uh, Derpy, you'll have to let me know. I think yours is Derpy. I say because he is in the chat. Uh, currently streaming. Right now, Abraham Toro is up in a 1-1 count for me. So I think I am behind where other people are. And, man, just looking at Abraham Toro. Well, first off, hello. My name is Jeff Ellis. I'm the host of Lockdown Guardians. Uh, as you should know, is it's been nearly 800 of these episodes. Before that, I was a lead draft and prospect analyst at Scouting 24 7. Uh, spent a lot of time scouting players, and I, at some point, I just got to sit down, figure out my percentages, because more and more, I'm feeling really good about them. Not just because of my Gunner Hender- Henderson prediction, but uh, if you didn't see my tweet from last week, I pulled out where I talked about who the Guardian should take in the first round. Now, they took Daniel Spino. It's hard to argue with that pick, but I had Brooks Lee and Gunnar Henderson, and Kyron Paris would have been the step down as the guys to watch at that pick. So I'm feeling pretty good in my ability to spot players. But in this game, when I am not doing things right, man, Abraham Toro, I defended that trade so heavily for Seattle a year ago, and I still think it's not a bad trade uh, with Kendall Graveman. And I think Toro is a... I really liked him with Houston, just hasn't worked up. Right now for Cleveland, uh, Derpy and chat is telling me 7, 8, 9 are coming up for Cleveland, which I believe, you know... Luke Maley, actually, in the second half, has a runs created plus over 100. Uh, thank you, B. Skrills. You're another one I see a lot. Uh, <laughs> you know, I decided, like I said, I, I was going to give myself the day off. I didn't give myself any days off in August. And part of the reason for not giving myself any days off in August and September is our numbers have been good. <laughs> I gotta be, you know, it's one of those things where I'm like, you know, if I do an episode or don't do an episode, uh, it's not going to affect what happens to me and i know that's probably a terrible way to phrase it but i think we're all there right like if you can get a day off and it doesn't change anything you're gonna take a day off so the fact that the numbers have been so good thanks to the listeners thanks to the fans thank to you know the locked on guardians team should, should i refer to i've seen this everywhere we got to name our fans would, would that make you logs is that a bad thing are the fans the logs you know locked on guardian okay i'm just gonna leave it be Matt Festa, hopefully we'll have a fiesta coming up here uh, for the Guardians. And let's see. Uh, tomorrow is Kansas City. If this goes well, Cleveland will be up a game because the Twins finally won. Uh, the Chicago White Sox did Cleveland a huge favor this weekend. Uh, and let's be honest, if you're the White Sox, should you have... Maybe had Tony La Russa go a long time ago. It's it's a question to ask. But the White Sox have really helped out Cleveland. I will be curious when Cleveland faces Chicago. I'm trying to remember. I think it was Nash Walker of Locked On Twins put a great thing out there. That Lucas Giolito actually has. He has reverse splits that are as bad as, uh, you know, uh, Owen Miller's. <laughs> like, if Cleveland is going to use that advantage, like... Lucas Giolito can't get out righties. He can only get out lefties. Is Cleveland going to load up on lefties because traditional splits, or are they going to take advantage of that? Because we know we're going to face the White Sox. We're going to see Giolito. Uh, I'll be curious to see how they handle it. So the bottom of the, the lineup here isn't great. 
Um, I don't know who the twins have. I, I should, I, I can pull that up pretty easily. But I know Cleveland has Kansas City, and the Twins. Uh, see, they go to New York for four, and then it, then it's the showdown with Cleveland. So Cleveland has Chicago, or no, Chicago has Kansas City, then the Twins. Yeah, I, you know, I'm just looking at the chat. I agree. The, the ballpark. If you did not watch the game in the ninth inning, it looks like there is about 25 fans there after that rain delay. Uh, curious for chat. Does anyone know the exact length of the rain delay? I was trying to pull that up earlier and got distracted. Before I do that, let's just talk about this game this weekend. So Cleveland, at one point in time, if you missed it, went, I believe, 27 straight innings without scoring a run. I'll say that again. 27 innings. Now, the record, when I looked it up, I'm kind of blanking, was either 42 or 48 innings. So they weren't close to breaking a record. Um, But it was still really bad. And then... Let's be honest, they got one run. Like, that, you can put it out there, they got one run in 30 innings. It was ugly. Four-hour rain delay. It's kind of amazing they got this in uh, at all. Uh, Will they pinch it for... I don't think they're going to pinch it for Straw in the ninth of this game, just because Straw was... You know, he wasn't... He was actually okay yesterday, and I know he's not been good today, but... Who do you go to on the bench to handle? I guess you have Benson, but it's like, man, Benson on the bench. Benson struggled mightily. That's kind of why. And, and good for Freeman. I believe that's his second hit of the day today. Gets that run up and on. And it's also nice to see Freeman playing more. I believe, is that two games in a row for him as well? If we sit back and look into it. Uh <laughs> You know, it's just hard to look at these last few games. It, there's there's no way around it without. So you've got the, the six, and, and then, so that's the thing. They got one run in 30 innings, and then they got shut out yesterday. So what, one run in 39 innings? It, it was pretty ugly down there um, for a while. Getting two runs is, is or three runs, I should say, at this point in time, is like an explosion <laughs> compared to what we have seen. I see some people complain about, like, this is what happens when you don't have extra bit, you know, when it's a dink-and-dunk offense. But I don't think it's as much a problem with it being a dink-and-dunk offense as much as it is a problem with they have some gaping holes in the lineup. Like, I appreciate that Miles Straw had a good game on Saturday, but he is still on pace to be one of the worst hitters in the last 50 years of baseball. That's an issue. Uh, You know, Maley and Hedges have been okay in the second half, but it was pretty much a black hole early on. And you can keep going. You know, the whole Owen Miller being a first baseman, an everyday type of guy. And this is where I get kind of annoyed. So look at that. So Freeman can't advance on the fly ball here in the ninth. But when they get a guy on third base, that's the hit they need, and they can never seem to get it then. How many times have we seen the runner sitting there at third base with two outs, or less than two outs, I should say, and they have nothing to show for it? It's like they can't seem to get the right timely hitting. Like, that's a good hit, what, two innings ago? Not in this situation. And again, I'm not surprised that they leave Straw in. Um, but this is the problem. The bottom of the lineup is a disaster. It's an absolute disaster. Where am I? I pulled up some stats when I was getting really annoyed uh, yesterday. So just in terms of like production on this team, whole year production. Jose Ramirez is a 148 runs created plus. 145 for Andres Jimenez. So you essentially have two stars there. Stephen Kwan at a 119. That's fantastic as well. A 114 for Josh Naylor, that's great. He's, and I loved 
what he did tonight because he has been struggling as much as anyone. Oscar Gonzalez at a 110. He had the big hit tonight. We'll, we'll see how it goes. Listen, everyone knows that I I hope I'm wrong, but I'm still leery. Uh, Ahmed Rosario is down to a 101. And again, he scored the run tonight, but he is exactly where he was a year ago. After all the ups and downs, he is what he is. Very clearly a league average bat, below average defender. It is kind of funny. I don't think I heard anyone saying we need to extend him. I don't think anyone's really feeling that. Um, uh, Straw hit it right to where uh, Maley hit it. Like exact same place. It's The interesting thing with Straw is when you look at his data, he killed righties historically. Not killed, but for him killed righties. Like he had about a 90 runs created plus against righties. And then against lefties, it was in the 60s. This year, he's not hitting righties at all. And I'm not sure what's really gone down there. Our sponsor today is LinkedIn. As you gear up for fall, you need the right people on your team uh, to help your small business fire on all cylinders. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want faster and for free. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Add your job in purple hiring hashtag frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you are hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to hire in an interview. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. They'd hire Stephen Kwan, who just got a single to uh, put the, time, the winning run at second base. That's who LinkedIn jobs would help get you and set up with. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Do you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockdownmlb. That's linkedin.com slash lockdownmlb to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. So, you know, Ahmed, had, I believe he scored the third run in this game to the, the, the tie it up. Overall, he's got one hit today. It was Quan's first hit. He was 0 for 4 before that. I mean, over the course of this game, Cleveland's got nine hits. They have nine hits and, I believe, two walks. So they've had 11 opportunities. Seattle had an error. That's 12 opportunities. And I didn't look to see if there's a hit batter or any of that other stuff. That sometimes doesn't show up at the top of the, uh, let's see, hit batter, Oscar Gonzalez, and Hedges. So they actually had two more. Uh, and Med flies out to the deepest. Did they all go to right field? Is that what I'm seeing? <sighs> uh, but we'll talk more in Med in a second. Getting back into this one, they had you know, the 12, 14 opportunities. That should be good for five runs. But it's this lack of timely hitting, the inability to put anything together. They should have about five runs. Instead, they have three. Because there's no timely hitting on this team. They're not. And again, it hurts. It's the one extra base hit. The other side of things, two errors by Cleveland. Seattle managed five walks. That's the other thing. Like Cleveland just doesn't walk a lot. It's a high contact, low walks. They don't have a lot of guys out there getting the walks. Not working counts. And, I mean, that you look at it, Like, Oscar Gonzalez doesn't walk. Uh, Ahmed Rosario doesn't walk. And it really limits your opportunity. So it's not as much the dink and dunk. Like, Stephen Kwan works because he does walk. Unfortunately, we don't see that with a lot of the rest of the lineup. So five walks, 10 hits, 12 opportunities only should be, and then a walk, so 11 opportunities. It should be about four runs for Seattle. They don't have that. Obviously, they're a little below that, but Cleveland has had more base runners and has nothing to show for it. Not nothing, but you get my point. They, 
it, it's almost like they're going out of their way to be as untimely as possible with their hitting. Like, it shouldn't be this hard. You should get lucky occasionally. Just a little bit. It, it's But then again, if you're up there swinging at the first pitch, that's what's going to happen. When you hit the ball to the same spot every time, it's a frustrating lineup. Just to get back to it, after the 101 for Med Rosario, the seventh most productive hitter this year, Luke Maley at a 94. Eight, Nolan Jones at a 93. For all of the issues with Nolan Jones that led to his demotion, he's still the eighth most productive hitter they have had by runs created plus this year. Maybe he should be back up. Just, you know, maybe. Uh, I know he's had his struggles in AAA and there's this and that, but hey, I mean, he did more than most players have and he can walk which is something that the lineup kind of needs and he has power which is something else this lineup could use tyler freeman is ninth at a 90 and owen miller is 10th at an 83 now what you may not expect is that owen miller and alex call have the same runs created plus this year call was 16 plate appearances with the smallest of sample sizes but still call and miller having the same runs created plus i don't think it's something that most people expected I don't know. Every time they start getting into extras, I don't love this. And here's the other problem. When you bring it, like bringing in 99 in this situation is the, is questionable. And the only reason I say that is he does the tap and he has a very, okay. So when I would work down in double a, the thing we know about, uh, well, right now he's getting all the stick in his hat. So he's got to fix that. Uh, but, when he was in double A, like he would get physically upset at points if he could not go through his routine. He is a creature of habit to the nth degree. He needs, and he's been really, really good this year, but third base is Toro's to take. Like if, if they have spent any time watching him, Toro is going to get third base for free. There's no way to stop him from taking third base because uh, Karen, you know, 99 here is the worst guy holding base runners in all of baseball. He should get third base very easily. And that is why, honestly, I would have brought in 99 last inning before you have the automatic uh, advancement at second base and then save class A for extras. Now, normally I'd say always go go with your best pitcher in a high leverage situation. But because of this situation, you know, he's got to do his set routine every time. We have seen hitters run for days on him. And that is my concern right here with this, that... It should be free advancement. And if Seattle doesn't advance, then that's just bad coaching. Speaking of pitching, <laughs> the Guardians' entire pitching staff going away. Uh, have to talk about that, right? While this is going on, you know, I'll react as things happen. Listen, Savale, I'm worried there's a bigger underlying injury. That is his third time on the disabled list. And what stinks about it is he was actually the most effective he has been all year. Uh, he was terrible out of the gate, and any longtime listener of the show knows I've talked about the fact that uh, Savale has never been healthy for an entire season, and he just continually this season has gotten hurt. Uh, calling up Cody Morris to pitch Friday, like, I get it, but it's also rough because he's thrown, like, no more than 60 innings in a game. It's his debut. It's a hard team. He's He couldn't go long because you've limited him so much. He was being prepared for a relief role, and it's like, oh, no, hey, you're starting. Uh, Curry, it wasn't the strongest performance. Started out well, but kind of came unraveled. And they're going to have to figure something out. I guarantee you, oh, come on. 
I guarantee you Julio takes second here. Ugh. I'm kind of curious to look at the pitch count in this situation. Uh, going back and looking, you know, when you have him in that... Where was the... Uh... Intra well, I don't know. Here's that thing where... Good old Manny Acta. I forget about him being there. That fourth pitch was not in the zone. Uh, you face someone like Julio Rodriguez, he can hit a bad pitch. That was well out and down. And... You can't be mad. Like that's a pitch that no one should swing at, and no one should be able to hit deep. So you just kind of tip your hat. I guess I can literally do that in that situation. But yeah, that stinks. The upside is well, not the upside. Here's the thing with Jess Winker. He is a platoon bat that uh, no one wants to admit is a platoon bat. Boy, is he it, the funny thing with him right now is. I mean, look at the numbers. Eugenio Suarez has been the better hitter this year than him. Oh boy. And like I said, we knew he was going to take second, e even with a, like a good situation, they're taking it. It's, it's so easy to time 99. That is why I'm leery about bringing him in. And this is the second time recently where Cleveland's done this. You can't bring him in, in these situations. You just can't. He is very easy to run on everything that's going on. You know, he's got to like tap. I was listening to one game where it's like, he taps his glove like five times before he throws every time or something like that. I can't remember. But it, like the co the other announcers just very easily picked up the timing. Uh, so it'll be what? Rosario on second to start when the Guardians get their opportunity. You'll get uh, Jose, Oscar, whew, and Josh. And here's the other problem too. Like Jose, Naylor, and Ott still. Like we're not going to get Jimenez up. But... Again, the lineups are terrible. And 6th and 7th for your second best hitter on the team. So we're going to enter a situation where if they get a run across and just one, your best hitter since May 1st doesn't come up, even though the heart of the lineup is up. It's just, what's it going to take to make some adjustments? Outside of moving Stephen Kwan up and Miles Straw down, is really any adjustment been made to this lineup? And then, you know, going back, if you look at the numbers, it's like comical the way they adjust things. With If you're looking at Owen Miller's splits... He has runs created plus, we've talked about in the 50s, right? And against lefties, it's low. He's got like in the 50s versus lefties and in the 90s versus righties. Andres Jimenez's career splits versus lefties is a 115 runs created plus and a 120 versus righties. The fact that we're, we're worried about who is a righty and a lefty instead of who can hit drives me insane. And again, the fact that we're sitting here and they're going to enter a situation likely i'm going to keep saying that seattle's somehow going to get a run here because you got second and third with one out instead of two and the heart of their order coming up i feel like they'll probably get a run not getting jimenez up is a cardinal sentence because of bad roster design and it drives me insane that jimenez is hitting behind all the guys that he is and especially because when you look at it, insisting on a med hitting two yes he got the run across tonight but he's just not playing well. He is himself, which is average bat, below average glove. And he is not worthy of hitting in the two-hole. Your best hitter should be in that spot. Putting him at five might be a, a good way. I'm not saying you know he's better than a lot of other players. This team would be in such a better state if you had Jimenez getting more at bat, specifically with runners in scoring position. I'm going to pause for my next break. 
and we're going to come back and continue to discuss the game as it's going on. Well, now we got two outs as he's gotten uh, Quan with a quite a nice throw there to make sure nobody advanced after the pop-up. And again, it is their two, three, and four hitters. Now, Mitch, we say his name wrong. I want to say Hanniger, but I don't believe that is correct. Uh, feels like he has been a Guardians killer this last few weeks. Uh, I, you know, it, this is not the guy I want to see up there. Maybe of any guy in Seattle, he is the one I feel like is the scariest. And it's probably not even something statistical uh, as much as it just feels like he's been in the heart of everything that has gone wrong in this lineup. Uh, I agree with the chat with John Turner in here that, uh, yeah, well, I don't know if I'd move Rosario down all the way to seven, but at least five or six. You know, if you keep Naylor four, I'm fine with him at five and, and uh, Oscar at six. I, I, the rest of the lineup we can figure and sort out. Do you consider walking Hanniger? I kind of hate doing it on principle, but there is data to say that like forcing the force out anywhere is not the worst thing. And but he is a righty. Suarez, he is a righty as well. Yeah, I mean, I might have considered walking him. I would not have necessarily been opposed just because he's been such a killer. Suarez is more strikeout prone. You still get the righty on righty matchup. And you get the force out at every base. Oof. I wonder if this is the uh, the old unintentional, intentional walk where they're not going to give him anything to swing at. But I'll tell you that uh, that that fourth pitch could have really gone either way. That is a disappointing pitch in general because... This has been such a tightrope. I'm saying that too much, but... Okay, so the fourth pitch was more of a strike than the fifth pitch. I don't know what's going on with this strike zone. But if you're going to go, like, there's no way you... I mean, again, I understand every strike zone is different, but I'm looking over here to look at it. It's like the fourth touched the zone, the fifth did not. I totally get why he was walking there. Now some gamesmanship. Well, remember... Angel Martinez or Angel Angel Hernandez. Don't want to say Angel Martinez. That's the great Guardians infield prospect. You know, normally I'm not the type who would ever make fun of the idea of someone being discriminated against because you know I'm definitely more of a bleeding heart type. So I think it says a lot that my first thought was to make fun of Angel Martinez. Or Angel Martin, man, Angel Hernandez and his recent lawsuit because. Is there anyone who thinks he's good at his job? Like, anyone? It's it's pretty bad. He is... He said, this is from someone who would never normally just look past something like that. But uh, current situation in this game is second and third. Uh, Julio Rodriguez at second. Third base. There is the walk. Uh, so Mitch Hanniger at first. Julio at second. And... Why am I blanking on uh, third base is Abraham Toro, I believe, who was the second to begin the inning. Bases loaded. Two outs. Eugenio Suarez to the plate. Now the one downside is, again, he, he command is not always the strong suit, but he's been video game-like in his return. We'll have to see exactly because, and then to the pitching coach, it's not Tito. They're just coming out to discuss. But again, I'm not opposed to the good old unintentional, intentional walk. Suarez has got a... It's more of a free swinger. You're running a situation. It's the same. Doesn't put any extra high leverage on it. I mean, yeah, if this guy hits a home run, then then it stinks. But outside of that, it's very unlikely that uh, 
you're going to get someone who scores from first on anything in terms of just overall numbers this year. Okay, if you are enjoying this chat, if you want to hear what happens in the rest of this inning, I'm going to keep the live stream going. Go over to Lockdown Guardians YouTube uh, to continue to follow along for the podcast. We're going to end it here. You know, we talked about kind of the craziness of the pitching. We did kind of a free-flowing talk. <laughs> my, my episode description is probably going to be not as well divided as normal. It's going to be very much kind of what this was, which is a free-flowing talk of my hopes and dreams as the Cleveland Guardians tried to win this and maintain a lead in first place uh, with Kansas City. But Kansas City is not quite as easy as everyone thinks. We'll get into that uh, on tomorrow's show a bit more. But uh, I want to thank everyone for listening. Remember to rate and review, download daily. It helps. Subscribe on YouTube. We're very close to 600 subscribers. Getting to 1,000 is huge for the channel. So please, 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 if you've not, please consider doing that. And as I end every show, go, go, Guardians, go.